Welcome to the Foolish Wanderers Podcast. Why must I be surrounded by fools? Welcome, Wanderers. Hey, Wanderers. Welcome back to the Foolish Wanderers Podcast, the podcast about anything and everything. I'm Katrina, joined by my lovely co-host... Kendra. Today, Kendra's going to teach us about the history of the beautiful tropical fruit, the pineapple. It's a lot juicier than you think. (laughs) Figuratively or like, actually? Both. Was that that a good pun? (laughs) I like it, yeah. I put a lot of effort into that one. (laughs) Were you just like saving it, waiting for me to like do the intro? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't hit. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Shall we get into it? Yes. The history of the pineapple. So, yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. It's a it's a cool history. Hmm. Oh, also, before we start. So, you know how SpongeBob lives in a pineapple? Under the sea? Yes. Under the sea. Yes. So, he lives in, like, 17th century standards in, like, a mansion. Like, he's the would be the richest person oh, in Bikini really? Bottom. Mm-hmm, really? Because he, lives, because he lives in a pineapple. Oh, my. Well, I mean, if you're talking about, like, people, that's a gigantic pineapple, so I believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so first off, pineapples were super bougie, and <laughs> they could cost up to $8,000. Oh, my gosh. So the introduction of the pineapple... Oh, I should probably start with all of my sources before. So I used mentalfloss.com, Wikipedia, and Fran, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong, Boyman, Boyman, um, Fran Boyman, she wrote a book called The Pineapple. Hmm. So yeah, there's books about everything, people, and one of them (laughs) is a pineapple. (laughs) All right. So the introduction of the pineapple to Europe in the 17th century made it a significant cultural icon of luxury. So here's the history. The presence of pineapples on the Caribbean islands where Columbus allegedly found them didn't happen naturally, but rather the result of centuries of native immigration and trade. This was accomplished through dugout canoe navigators. Um, The maritime tribe explored, raided, and traded across a large expanse of tropical oceans, seas, and river systems. The plant they called Anana, or it meant excellent fruit. Hmm. So, yeah. Anana, excellent fruit. <laughs> so, what does banana mean? Banana? I don't know what banana meant, but <laughs> okay. I kind of thought That's that way was. Too close. <laughs> I know it's way too close. So, Anana means excellent fruit. So, I don't uh-huh. know what banana means. B list fruit. It's okay. B list fruit. <laughs> it's all right. Um, straight to DVD fruit. <laughs> so so pineapples were originally evolved in the inland areas of what is now brazil and paraguay and they were widely transplanted and cultivated so there is actually archaeological evidence of cultivation use um, found as far back as 1200 to 1800 bc in peru and 200 bc to um, 780 in mexico where it was cultivated by the Mayans and the Aztecs. You mean 800, not 1800 BC, right? Did I say, yeah, I eight, 1800. 800, but, oh, okay. eight, eight, yeah, okay. 800, not 1800. Sorry about that. <laughs> Good. So they're highly, the pineapples were highly regarded for its intense sweetness 
The excellent fruit was a staple of Native American feasts and rites related to tribal affirmation. And it was also used to produce wine. That's cool. That's pretty cool. I think all fruits are used to produce some sort of alcohol. I I think so. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. pretty close to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Pumpkin wine. Is that a thing? It could be. You know, they have that pumpkin spice, you know, pumpkin spice pancakes, pumpkin spice lattes, everything's pumpkin spice. I saw pumpkin spice Febreze yesterday. Um, I'm not, I'm sure that there is pumpkin spice wine. Okay, so I found um, pumpkin wine recipes, but I also found a step up from that, pumpkin champagne. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's at every single uh, woman's bachelorette party uh, during this year. Fall wedding ideas, people. Pumpkin champagne. I don't know. What is the flavor of champagne? It's just like a, it's just like sweet, right? Like sweet kind of wine. Uh, it depends what it is. It's, bu- it's dry and it's bubbly. Okay. That's all you got. Yeah, that's all it is. Huh. Okay. All right. Back to the pineapples instead of talking about <laughs> pumpkins. <laughs> so the pumpkins eventually made their way to the Caribbean island of Guadalupe where Christopher Columbus, boo to him, but still, <laughs> um, was the first European to encounter the pineapple. In Guadalupe on the 4th of November, 1493, during his second voyage. So not his first one, second one. He brought back a bunch of pineapples among tame parrots, tomatoes, tobacco, and pumpkins. Oh, there's pumpkins again. pumpkins again. (laughs) Gotta come back. I was kind of wondering, the other day I was kind of talking to my parents, like, where did tomatoes come from? So yeah, it's interesting to know. Maybe we'll have to do a sequel to History of Tomatoes. Mm, Ketchup. Do you know there's banana ketchup that became a thing? What? There was like a shortage. Was it? Well, there was a shortage on tomatoes. And so people were like, oh, what can we make instead? And they used So bananas. their first idea was to use a banana? I don't know if it was their first idea, but apparently it tastes pretty good. I don't know if it tastes what like ketchup, but like it tastes pretty good, apparently. Oh. Banana ketchup. <laughs> I'd probably do... Oh, I guess pepper ketchup would just be like hot sauce or, pe- or oh, like right, like green peppers and stuff. Yeah, what if you like green peppers? I don't, it'd probably be spicy, yeah, a little bit. I don't know, but banana ketchup, no, thank you. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, very okay. sure. <laughs> okay. I would do pumpkin ketchup before I did banana ketchup. Would you? I think I, I would. It's from the Philippines. That's where it's from. Ah, okay, that makes sense. I just imagine like baby food. It says it's, thanks to the vinegar and spice blend, it's pretty similar to tomato ketchup, with a little what? bit of fruitiness. Well, like, when you think about it, like, ketchup tastes a lot like vinegar. Like, yeah, tomato. Yeah. But, like, it's vinegar. So you put yeah. vinegar with another kind of tasteless, not saying they're tasteless, but they don't have, like, the deep, like, bright flavor like a pineapple would have, right? So it's like That's a true. banana. So it's mm-hmm. like... I guess I would... I get. I mean, I guess I'd try it if it was in front of me. Yeah. I guess I would. It's also red most of the time. It looks like it's red or orange. The banana so. ketchup? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, at least it's brand of it. Okay, well that's different. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. So, all right, where where are we? Oh yeah, so Columbus. So he's got some. He's bringing. He's gonna bring pineapples back to Spain with him. Okay, that's where we're at. All right. So the mythical pineapple that made its way to Spanish King Ferdinand II of Aragon was the sole survivor. <laughs> it was the only one that hadn't rotted during the journey back to Europe because remember it takes a long ass time to go yeah. from the Caribbean all the way to Spain. Especially and, you don't like freeze it or anything. It's just oh pineapple. yeah, it's just a pineapple and probably in a big old barrel. Mm-hmm. 
True. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, it made enough of enough of an impression for Peter Martyr, who was the tutor to the Spanish princess, to record the first tasting. So this is his little um, reading about the pineapple. The most invincible King Ferdinand relates that he has eaten another fruit brought from those countries. It is like a pine nut in form and color, covered with scales and firmer than a melon. Its flavor excels all other fruits. So... Is a pine nut like a pine cone? Or wait, no. What is a pine nut? I don't know what a pine nut is. We're learning all about these fruits and veggies fruits today. today. Oh yeah, they're edible seeds of pine cones. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So go. he just yeah looks like a pine nut. A pineapple does look like a pine cone. Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, he was kind of everyone was like, oh, what is this thing? And it tastes so <laughs> good. Um. So yeah. So like. He was talking about his, the form of the pineapple, the color and scales and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. A big part of the excitement of this fruit came from the fruit spiked form, which drove Europeans absolutely crazy. <laughs> Ferdinand's trip to Panama, Gonzalo Fernandez de Oviedo y Valdez. Sorry about that. <laughs> right? That's a long <laughs> name. Yes. Why could job, it, though. Why couldn't he just go as Gonzo or something? Oh my yes. lord. <laughs> this is what Gonzo was talking about. This is what he wrote about the pineapple, all right? Okay. The most beautiful fruit of any fruits I have ever seen. I do not suppose there is in the whole world any other of so exquisite and lovely appearance. So everyone is straight up in love with this pineapple. Interesting. Do they like question did they like sketch it or like have somebody draw yeah it? there's sketches okay, we'll good. put them up on um the instagram page of foolish wanderers podcast on instagram so everyone can see yeah there you go mm-hmm. so like, yeah so everyone's people like what? know what they, otherwise like how would everybody else know what it looked like besides this like ravaged like description this very vague description of it right oh we'll get into all that <laughs> no But anyway, so yeah, everyone's in love with this thing. They're writing it like they're William Shakespeare talking, like, (laughs) from the viewpoint of Romeo talking about Juliet, and the pineapple is Juliet. (laughs) Okay. Um, so everyone's in love with the form because they've never seen anything like this. And then also, I should add, it's very important that the sweetness of the pineapple, um, is really important because Renaissance Europe didn't have common sweets. Mm. So sugar refined from sugarcane was an expensive item and orchard grown fruits were, you know, they're subjected to seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Pineapple may well have been the tastiest thing anyone had ever eaten and sweetest. So, but the delicious or otherwise, it was still the preserve of adventures. And the pineapple might never had made it into common lore if it hadn't coincided with another huge global development. The widespread of the written word. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, as Fran Boyman, sorry about that. Is it Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to Fran. Um, <laughs> notes in her book, The Pineapple, this is what she said about it, that it was previously unknown in the old world meant that it was free of the cultural res- um, resonance that engulfed other fruits. While the pomegranate suffered under the legacy of Persephone and the mm-hmm. apple was stained by the creation story, you know, the whole thing with Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and the snake and 
damnation and all that other jazz. <laughs> um, <laughs> the pineapple was, Boyman continues, a completely blank page onto which ruling powers could press their own meanings, push their own agendas, all that other stuff. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I've heard of like the pineapple is like a symbol of like hospitality, isn't it? Oh, yep. Yep. It, it will be okay. made into that. Okay. This is pre-hospitality pineapples. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so remember, all right, so where are we at right now? So the pineapple is really rare right now in Europe mm-hmm. because you have to go have money to go get somebody to go get you a bunch of pineapples and bring them back. And that's and, not spoil them. And not spoil them. And it, the pineapple is a completely blank page and no one's ever seen it. So what's going to happen? I didn't. Well, it doesn't take long for the monarchies to co-opt the pineapple for its own purposes. Yeah, that makes sense. The, mm-hmm, the French priest father du Tertur, sorry about that, may <laughs> have been the first to bless it. So he blessed it, the king of fruits. All right. Okay. But by the mid-17th century, this newly deemed kingly fruit was exceedingly popular. The French physician Pierre Pompette, exalting explanation runs, Quote, it was thought a just name or title to call the ananas the king of fruits because it is much the finest and best of all that are upon the face of the earth. It is for this reason that the king of kings has placed a crown upon the head of it, which is an essential mark of its royalty. End quote. So again, everyone's talking about this pineapple like it's like like it's Marilyn Monroe or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that time, it was probably like not a whole lot it of It probably was in. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Just yeah, put this honestly. pineapple in a Marilyn Monroe, Monroe white dress and put it over a freaking <laughs> sewer um, cr- what, crate thingy. And Yeah. I, did they ever have like fancy like sideshow attractions of this thing with like a crown and like a fancy like robe or anything? <laughs> with Wait, are fruits. you asking me? Are they. Parading a pineapple around town. Yes. Did they? Are you asking me if somebody took a pineapple, <laughs> made it, made a throne for it? Yes. Made a a special crown for it. Yes. And then proceeded to charge money for people to go see it. Yes. <laughs> no. Oh dang it. <laughs> I mean, when you get to like. I don't know. When you get to like central attractions and things, it it's not that far fetched, right? The eighteen hundreds, it's not that far fetched. That's true, but but this still, is like back. <laughs> this is this is before that even. We're not even to yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I completely lost my train of thought from that. <laughs> Sorry. Did anyone <laughs> dress the pineapple up as a king and put it a, make it a custom throne and then charge money for people? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, ask. <laughs> okay, yes, here we are. So the pineapple became a symbolic manist- manifestation of the divine right of kings. Now only did it suit royalist agendas to claim anything with the crown had been appointed by heaven, but the distance the pineapple had to travel to get to Europe meant few people had seen <laughs> or tried one. So that that whole aspect added an extra like mythical quality to it yeah it mm. makes sense yeah makes sense the situation in england however was set to change during the sparing cromwellian years that followed the english civil war of 1642 there are no mentions of pineapple in print 
to the st- I know, uh-oh, to the staunchly Protestant Oliver Cromwell, quote, the pineapple must have seemed like an insufferable luxury compared with, say, the humble pear. Pears are delicious. Pears are delicious. (laughs) I love red pears the best. Mm -hmm. So that was a quote from, again, Fran's book, The Pineapple. So besides Cromwell not willing to embrace a fruit whose leafy headgear was read as evidence of God's favor, um, in England torn by issues of governance, the pineapple was briefly the enemy. (laughs) So instead of, yeah, oh no. So everyone's loving pears up in England. Pears are delicious. Pears are delicious, but remember, people are talking... Writing the pineapple like it's freaking Marilyn Monroe is the most beautiful mm-hmm. thing ever. But if it's and then England, now it's like I hate it. But it's like I hate it. A pear is much more beautiful. <laughs> so, so then Charles II was recalled to take the throne in 1660 in England, and a new era of plenty was ushered in, nicknamed the Merry Monarch. Charles II was celebrated for his voluble personality, swaggering court of cavaliers, and rapacious love of women. Cromwellian Puritanisms. Oh my God. Puritanism. That's a better word. Thank you. Was <laughs> cast aside in favor of the revival, and splendor returned to the dining table with glistening meats, trembling jellies, and sugar sculptures. Those are fun to look at. If you look at like um, drawings what's and stuff. Sugar, like what's a sugar sculpture? Uh, here, let me see if I can find them. So I'm pretty sure, I think it's on Food Network or History Channel, one of the two. They like had like a, some people remake some of the fanciest desserts from like 1700s and stuff and they're oh, just that's like cool yeah they're really cool to look at like it kind of is like i suppose then like the sugar wasn't really prevalent so it's like you have to make it extravagant and so you eat it like every once in a while mm-hmm. um but like they made these almost inedible seeming sculptures <laughs> uh see let me let me google quick oh my gosh so i googled sugar sculptures like everyone should <laughs> yes please do they're really cool they're making them into like insane looking like palaces yeah like some of these things are intense it yeah. looks like a marble sculpture but like really like miniature form and there's so much detail and yep well yeah wow. fit for royal yeah yep uh they used um molds too i think for um for candy making and ice and stuff okay so. But yeah, wow. no, some of this stuff is intense. It's really cool. Now, now that if people have looked up what the sugar sculptures actually are, and they've seen <laughs> how amazing and beautiful that they that they you know look, just imagine yeah. <laughs> now that you just imagine that you put like a hundred hours into making this freaking recreation of like Versailles or something into a, a sugar sculpture. Okay? Yeah, yep. and you're bringing it out. You like put it on a table. You're like, oh, the king's gonna be so happy with this, and everyone's gonna look at it. And all of a sudden, some sort of dingbat just brings a <laughs> pineapple in there, puts it down, and then just steals all of your hard work away from you. And everyone's just like, oh, that pineapple's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. It's, it's a pineapple. I'm seeing what it is. I know. That would yeah. be so infuriating. Oh my god. That's when you like put it in the center of your like fabulous sculpture and just like here. <laughs> that's the start yeah, of the show. Start- mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, people. Yeah. So that's what happened. So Charles II christened the pineapple King Pine. <laughs> so that's what he's calling it now, all right? I mean, sounds more regal than yeah. Kind of, than the King, King Pine. King, King Pine. Pine sounds sort of like the creator of Pine Soul. <laughs> you know Pine Soul, the floor cleaner? 
Yeah. And it smells like pine needles. Yeah. King Pine owns Pine Soul. That's what it sounds like to me. Fair or enough. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe King Pine is the name of a Christmas tree lot. Oh, I bet there is one. Mm-hmm. I bet like, there is. King Pine doesn't sound that regal to me. <laughs> you, you know. All right. We're moving on. So in 1668, when the French ambassador came to England to mediate a heated debate over the island of St. Kitts in the West Indies, Charles II ordered a pineapple from Barbados. Then an English colony. So yeah, it was an English colony, but before it came a country. Um, so to be perched at the top of a pyramid of fruit at dinner. So that's where that like stereotypical fruit pile has come from. Perhaps, yeah. Okay. With the pineapple in the middle, yeah, or the top, yeah. The top, yeah. It was a clever move to assert English um, ascendancy in the region and a public relations triumph. Quote, we can get pineapples, <laughs> it seemed to say, and quote, and you can't. End quote. From then on, the pineapple became Charles II's favorite status symbol. He even had a painting commissioned of himself being presented a pineapple by the royal gardener. Though it oh, was wow. another bit of, yeah, it's another bit of, that was another like funny bit like to, of PR, right? Yeah, like what gardener, what gardener is going to have the money to buy an $8,000 pineapple? They, it doesn't have, he's just, yeah, exactly. But yeah. so the pineapple still could not be grown in northern climate. That's why it's funny. Okay. Mm-hmm, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're just like, it's so rare. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Or I think it was to sort of to say, like, he had his gardener give it to him. Maybe like, oh, I figured out. Oh, like We're so, so far ahead. Yeah, it. it's so easy uh, for gotcha. us to grow it because my gardener's a genius and everyone else is an idiot. Uh, I think gotcha. that's what he meant by mm-hmm. smart man. Actually, I think he was beheaded. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Do we look at this photo in um, or this painting in art history? I don't remember. It looks right. very familiar. It looks familiar. I don't know. Was he <laughs> was he beheaded? I gotta look this up quick. I think he was beheaded. I I should really take that back of, of me saying he was smart. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know for sure. I don't know if he was beheaded. It makes sense not. for the time, but I honestly don't know. There was a Charles that was beheaded. I don't remember who which one it was. Oh, Charles the first was beheaded. Okay, I'm off. Oh, okay, I'm off by one Charles. <laughs> Okay, where was I? Oh, with a weird PR stunt with the... Okay. All right, moving on. So as European kingdoms fought for power in the colonies, the part, and particularly as the Dutch gained ground, England's access to pineapples would continue to be leveraged as proof of its strength. Unluckily for the British, the Dutch were also keen and able gardeners. The first greenhouse was constructed in the Netherlands in 1682, intensifying the rivalry between the two nations. When the Dutch cloth merchant Peter de la Cour had a breakthrough in the process of growing pineapples, the English were gulled into a jealous frenzy. The only sub- this, this only subsided when a former English princess and her Dutch husband, ironically named William of Orange, <laughs> throne. Oh my. <laughs> William's new title as, as King of England did much to calm the pineapple wars. Well, his name is Orange. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, if his name, his last name was Pineapple, then... That might be worse, honestly. That might be worse. Yeah. But, yeah, so I can't... Yeah, I can't believe people are this... We're just up in arms about a pineapple. Well, it's like a status thing, right? Like, kind of 
if you think about what's an example of today's terms like a bentley a rolls royce a private jet well like with government level right like oil maybe or like resources Mm -hmm. something like that it's like it's it's a status thing it's like we can have it but you can't you can't Mm yes yeah we're better kind of a thing so this oh yeah and here's his Yes. <laughs> okay, and then yeah, and the next slide we've got the the painting by Hendrik Dan. I'm not even gonna try. Dankerts. Dankerts, maybe. D a n c k e r t s. Dankerts. But the yeah, the painting of Charles the Sec King Charles the Second being given the first pineapple grown in England by his royal gardener. It's amazing to me too, like how small the pineapples were. I guess nowadays they grow small too, but you see. The ones in, the, in this painting is like half the size of a normal pineapple you find in a grocery store today. Maybe they tried to grow them in England, and since <laughs> it's like it's not a tropical climate at all, and they didn't know what the heck they were doing, they could only grow like a very teeny tiny, sad, <laughs> uh, malnourished pineapple. I mean, well, if you look at like all of, um, like all throughout history too, like food has changed so much, like watermelons. If you cut, if you look at paintings of like ancient watermelons, yeah. they look like they have hearts on the inside because it's just what? so there's so much less like fruit. like that was the where the seed was or what? Yeah, so it's like if you cut it like, uh, let's see, so it'd be like short wise, you cut it in half, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at the cross section, and it's like these loopy. There's a lot less fruit. It's a lot more like dead space, like air. Okay. There. So there's like the pockets of the seeds. They look kind of like swirly hearts. Uh, looks like there's like six sections, but they're just like there's so many seeds, and it looks not really like what normal pine or like watermelons would look like today. All right, yeah. So like things can change too, like the sizes of fruits and yeah. Good point. Have apples changed? I don't oh, think I'm they sure. have apples. Maybe I, I mean yeah. there's so many different kinds of them now. Yeah, but yeah. but mm. the form of it in paintings looks roughly the same. Yeah, I think I think yeah, roughly the the shape of an apple the taste has probably changed a lot because i've heard oh but there's so many different kinds too so like mm-hmm. i don't know what the so many different kinds yeah but only one kind of pineapple actually i don't know that no that was the pink pineapple actually they engineered like, a pink pineapple like it's actually pink on the inside what yeah you should google it pink, pink pineapples pineapple? it's like a i think it's more like a luxury thing because like the outside looks relatively like a normal pineapple but you cut it open it's like a blush pink on the inside oh so they started making pineapples um bougie again with the oh, pink they're-, pi- they're like we gotta <laughs> yeah. they're like ah oh, like you can get a pineapple anywhere now you can even get it in a gas station we gotta make this thing yeah pink pineapple pink. yep so like i've seen ones just like a quick google search some of them are selling for like 40 bucks some are up towards like a hundred dollars so jeez yeah not quite eight thousand dollars but <laughs> shipping's gotten a lot less mm-hmm. over time okay, but so yeah. i will warn people i googled pink pineapple and mm-hmm. for some reason in the overview on google it gave me singer masked singer tommy chong <laughs> so was he like the pink pineapple on the masked singer or something i haven't watched this season i don't know it, it could I've, be. It could I've, be what it is. I've never seen. I didn't get that when I googled it. So. <laughs> okay, so he was just the pineapple. Oh, okay. Okay, he was just the pine. That's why we're getting it. That's creepy and weird. All right, <laughs> we move on. <laughs> Where were we, people? Oh yes. All right. 
So by the Georgian era, so right now we're at like the Georgian era is a from 1714 to 1830, like 7-ish, okay? Ooh, yeah. So by that era, pineapples could be raised on the British islands. So this, so cue countrywide madness. <laughs> yep. This is Black Friday. <laughs> All right. Get your pineapples. This is Black Friday at Walmart. Oh, I don't, I don't think I've ever been to, like, at least not the morning of a Black Friday. I don't want to. I've seen horror videos like people yes. getting it's just madness. Disgust. It's, nice. it's over toys, over things that you can't like, bring with you when you die. Yeah, it's dumb. It's yeah, it's bad. Makes us look like animals. Anyway, so <laughs> cute countrywide madness. Okay. As the Enlightenment period made the rich richer, okay? Mm-hmm. Rich richer, mm-hmm. the landed aristocracy began to engage in a frenzy of new hobbies, including gambling, boozing, and time-consuming, expensive <laughs> pineapple cultivation. <laughs> so this was so, a hobby of theirs. It's like gardening. That's yeah, what it was. but it was pineapple cultivation. Ooh, bougie. So, yep, not tomatoes, <laughs> pineapples. Okay. So pineries, that's what it's called. A pinery needed care around the clock. Yeah, especially in, like in a cooler climate. Yeah, they're picky. Yeah, <laughs> so you need. To ha- they had to have custom built greenhouses and mountains of coal to keep the temperatures high, nice and hot. Oh wow! The fruit took three to four years to bloom. The yeah, cost. Yeah. The cost of rearing one of these was equivalent to eight thousand dollars in today's money. One. Wow. One. Just one pineapple. Just one. Every and who three knows, to four years. Yeah. And who knows how many pine like you have in the pinery. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I suppose like to get the plant and then also to like get that much coal for that many years and to have people staff it. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's worth more than my car. <laughs> one of those pineapples was worth more than my car. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So the sheer expense meant it was considered wasteful to eat them. What do you, what do, you do with them? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what they do with them. And they were, so during Charles II's reign, dinnertime ornaments, that's what they were. They were so, just there for a party appearance so, and sit on a table and not so, eat it. So you pay $8,000 to not even taste the fruit. No. That is it's an ornament. That's rich people crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the pine one pineapple would be passed from party to party until it began to rot. Ew. Okay. You mm-hmm. know. <laughs> How much did so it take gross. to wrench this thing? They're like, oh I got it Tuesday. Oh, I think it's starting to boil. Ah shit. <laughs> so I want does the pineapple have like a handler or I like imagine, a, yeah. Like a, like a guy in a suit with the briefcase, and then the, the briefcase is, you know, handcuffed to his arm, and then once it's done, he, like, takes the pineapple, he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go! Oh, oh man. And expect, I suppose, like, people back then wouldn't, like, try to, like, eat it anyways, but it's like, what if someone, like, not even at a party you were at, tried to eat your pineapple? Murdered on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so yeah so we just i wonder how long it takes to rot what do you think a month uh i can knows i'd say like a couple weeks probably it depends on how you pick it like uh probably like a week or two yeah okay yeah and so it's it's rotting okay and the maids who transported the pineapples that's what it is so the maids (laughs) were the handlers people 
Okay. So they were transporting these pineapples to party to party. They were like, oh, bring it to the Johnsons, bring it to the Smiths. Okay, okay, okay. So they were like in a lot of, the maids were in a lot of danger because they were transporting these pineapples and they could be, you know, thieves could come and see the pineapple and want to take it and sell it. That's really sad. Actually. It's like, I know, it's like the pi- the maids are holding bags of gold or something. Mm-hmm. Well, in that sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. So for those who did not have the funds to grow their own pineapples at a pinery, a bev like a bunch of pineapple rental shops sprang up all over. Why? Again, people, pineapple rental shops. Was this like an all year round thing or was this just like a like all a summer round. thing? All year oh, round. Was it? Yeah, because okay. you have they have greenhouses, so you can That's true. All year round. So by the seventeen seventies it had entered the lexicon as a commendation. A pineapple of the finest flavor was the phrase used for anything that was the best of the best. So for instance, my birthday party was a pineapple of the finest flavor. <laughs> I like it. I'm mm-hmm. using it. No one's gonna know what I mean. <laughs> no one's gonna know what you're mean. They're like, what? Yeah, I'm sorry. Again, what? so if you wanna be like, oh that was it's the best of the best, a pineapple of the finest flavor. So in Sheridan's 1775 play, The Rivals, a character compliments one another by pronouncing, He is the very pineapple of politeness. How about just became like your your pineapple? Your pineapple. (laughs) It's like, thank you. (laughs) So. Could you imagine if you walked up to somebody nowadays and was just like, you're a pineapple? <laughs> Wouldn't you be like slightly offended? I'd be so offended. I'd be like, what? Is it my <laughs> like, hair? I'm sorry. Am I, is my skin like scaly? What's wrong? Oh, no. Am I acidic? Am I slightly acidic to you? What's what's happening? I know. I'd be offended. You're a pineapple. I'd so, be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess. So, oh, I've got, I've got, I've got a good tip for the listeners. So if you're going to throw a lavish party, make sure you have a pineapple. You can step up your party if you have a pineapple just sitting on the table. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And it will though, automatically become the best, the most bougiest luxury party that's ever been if you put a pineapple there. Two pineapples like, even. Two. Oh, that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like kingly. That's, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Just deck out your Christmas table just with like all the pineapples. <laughs> your Thanksgiving uh-huh. table. okay so that's what's happening in england and basically the same thing's happening in the americas except for their american colonies in the 1700s except they're being imported from the caribbean islands and they're not people aren't really growing them in the americas i assume yeah i assume that once they couldn't they do in the south but i don't know for sure yeah Mm-hmm. But the pineapples in the American colonies are still very, very expensive. They still can cost up as much as eight thousand dollars. That's nuts. Um, again, it's because of the how they, they perish, the novelty of it, and the scarcity of the fruit. Yeah. So, um, affluent colonists would throw dinner parties and display a pineapple in the centerpiece as a symbol of their wealth. Just it's just like putting a big thing of money in the center of a table. Um, hospitality and status. So did they have like these rental pineapple shops in the colonies? I'm not sure. Probably not. Because they're not as like established yet. They wouldn't have like a high roller like, ooh, come get your pineapples. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the sign that it says on the front door like, of the place. Get your pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> so to underscore just how lavish and extravagant pineapples were, they have a rental market right. in the Americas. Oh, they the do? F- okay. The fruit evoked such jealousy among the poor and pineapple-less plebes. <laughs> plebs. Plebs? plebs. Is that plebes? <laughs> Whatever. If you didn't have a pineapple, you could rent one. You could pay rent and rent it for the night. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pineapple merchants rented pineapples to people who couldn't afford to purchase them. Those who rented would take the pineapple to parties, not to give as a gift to the host, but to carry it around and show off their (laughs) apparent ability to afford such an expensive fruit. Oh my goodness. Okay, so so you you, have this little cage person just carrying it around, or is it? I don't even think it's that. I think you just. Hold it. It's like a baby the whole night. Yeah. Oh my. Eh, I mean, okay. <laughs> That's what people are doing. So now we're going to fast forward to the expansion trade of the, in the 18th century in England. Home goods companies began to cash in on the pineapple as a status symbol. Wedgwood makers of fine china began to produce tableware with pineapple themes for the upper class. Carved there stone. Pi- there we go. Pa- <laughs> carved stone pineapples appeared on plinths outside grand manor houses, pronouncing to passerbys the the that the people living in that house are rich as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so rich. I got a pineapple on my I have house. A pineapple on my house. <laughs> they adorned carriages, topped garden temples figured in countless paintings and were turned into enormous sculptures gracing country gardens. Pineapples had become synonymous with good taste, nobility, and limitless wealth. It's kind of it's kind of amazing too like how today we still I think it was the last few years wasn't it like pineapples all of a sudden became fashionable again? Like what? pineapple How oh, like you seen print, that like in home right? Goods, like in home goods stores like there's so many pineapple decor things now. There are yeah, there's like pencil holders. I saw like candle things. Um, what else? There's like bookends. There's so much like pineapple decor. So we're well, getting back into the pineapple. I guess it's going back and it's getting back into fashion. Everything yeah. comes around again eventually. Yeah, eventually. It was a prima. It was a primarily English phenomenon. Pineapples disappeared from France after this. In after the seventeen. 17- 89 French Revolution and other countries such as Spain, Portugal, and even Russia where a pineapple had once made it to the court of Catherine the Great could not keep up with the UK's heavy investment in pineapple cultivation. Well, isn't it a lot colder up there too? So it'd be, I think and where? Be more, like in Russia, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it's very yeah, cold. So like, yeah, so it'd probably be even harder to keep them even in a greenhouse to like grow them mm-hmm. all year round. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As steamships began to import the fruit in greater quantities from the colonies, the pineapple's reputation deteriorated. Indu- industrialization, war, and shortages served to push the fruit further from cultural consciousness. And now we can just get them from any supermarket and some gas stations. Isn't that amazing? Just like how much transportation has really like transformed everything. I know, transformed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's amazing. And the biggest pineapple producer is Dole Pineapple in Hawaii. Oh, it still is? I Yeah. yeah. That doesn't surprise me, actually. That's mm-hmm. the one like you think of like when you go to the grocery store. Yeah, like, Dole. Dole Fruits. Yep. Yeah. You can go tour their whole ordeal pineapple factory. Ooh. I think it's Can't a you... pi- pineapple farm. It's not a pinery. 
You should probably. Oh yeah, we should call it a pioneering. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it a thing? Like I think it was last year, people started to really like start growing their own like avocados and pineapples. Wasn't it? Like you pull pull off like the the leafy bit, the crown, and stick it in some water. Like not submerge it, but like have the yeah base of it. Get some. Can grow a pineapple. But it'd take like three years. Let me Google. <laughs> I love when Google just like knows what I'm talking about before I even write pineapple. That's, I said <laughs> that was kind of creepy. I was like, "How long does it take for?" And it says pineapples to grow. It's like perfect. How long? So about twenty-four months. Two years. Okay. So yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit shorter. A little bit shorter. I don't know if they get as big as like commercial pineapples, but oh, good point. I don't know. Someone grow a pineapple and tell us <laughs> your experience. There you go. Oh, I've got this fun little ad, like little part. Okay. So this is the Dunmore Pineapple House that I came across while researching the history of pineapples. Okay. I thought it was, it's pretty cool. So it's basically like a hall with a giant pineapple on the top of it. It's the pineapple is this huge dome on top of this house in England. Wait, what is it called? The the Dunmore, Dunmore, D-U-N-M-O-R-E, Pineapple House. So it's in, um, it's in Scotland. It's in Earth, Scotland. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, it's a giant pineapple. Um, so it's you can rent the the house out if you want. It's a vacation house, so you could rent it and stay in a giant pineapple like SpongeBob. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's just like a a tower that looks like a pineapple is growing out of it, like a pineapple plant. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It was owned by John John Murray Murray built it he was the fourth earl of dunmore that was his ancestral home in scotland um for the wilds of the colony of virginia just on the cusp of the american revolution where he began known primarily for his lack of diplomatic skills (laughs) what a thing to be known for for. too bad for him um he returned to scotland and july of 1776 as the last english governor of virginia the building the building at dunmore used originally as a garden hothouse and summer house had had its iconic giant pineapple added as something of an afterthought the original paladin style lower story was built around 1761 and it did not acquire the enormous fruit hat which housed a modest <laughs> pavilion inside until 1777, after Lord Dunmore's return. Returning sailors of the time often placed a pineapple, the exotic proof of distant travels, on a gatehouse to announce their return from abroad. This, then, is Dunmore's announcement. The, archi- the architect is unknown. As eccentric as the style is, the pineapple is actually an exceptional example of fine masonry work, full of both artistic detail and technical merits. The building beneath the pineapple did serve as a greenhouse where the exotic fruit and other flora were grown. So it was an old pinery. That's really cool. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Within the brick walls that branch out from the entrance were a series of pipes used to carry hot water to maintain the proper temperature needed. The various urns seen at the top of the wall served as air vents. Whoa. Because it it looks, it doesn't look that inviting. Like if you take off the pineapple, like it looks just like a brick slab with just like barred (laughs) windows on the top. So like the the bottom of it isn't quite like inviting, but the top of it's really cool. I think it's just neat that it had um, hot water, like pipes to maintain the, keep the, 
um, building warm. For that time period, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really uh, the, cool. So the property was restored by the National Trust for Scotland beginning in 1793 and is now open to the public as an overnight holiday rental. Mm-hmm. So if you want, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder how much they charge for to live under there. I have <laughs> for a night. I have no yeah. idea. It looks like you can go tour it too. Cool. That'd be cool. I wonder though if they changed like the they they must have taken out like the wood the the pipes for the water and stuff right because oh they've probably gutted the whole thing and just I mean if you stay there overnight you're not gonna be sleeping in <laughs> since it was a garden house you're not just gonna be sleeping on some dirt no yeah. was it do you think it was dirt or like tiled that had water? I don't know I want to go to Scotland that'd be fun I do too that's like one of the Scotland Ireland and uh, Norway are like some of the places I really want to go I want to go to Finland, Scotland, and then like some like Egypt. Oh, so very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you so much, Wanderers, for listening to another Foolish Wanderers podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you want to check out some of our companion images, head over to our Instagram at Foolish Wanderers Podcast, where we have all of our companion photos to all of our episodes. And don't forget, we release new episodes on every Wednesday. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.